Hey guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. I'm hoping that we sound a lot different than we normally do. One, I don't hear children. Uh, but two, you guys wouldn't believe this. You're not going to believe this when we tell you. But we are cramped in um, Amanda's um, bathroom. And when I say that, you need to know that this is more like a half bath. I mean, it's got a shower, so it's a full bath. But it's... It's like a more like a closet. This is a closet with a toilet sink and, and shower. That's what this is. <laughs> There's um, barely enough room to like just turn around. I don't. I, we we're going to take a picture. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to because nobody's. This is. I've got my foot, my feet on a stool in front of me. I mean, convenience wise, if and I'm sitting on the toilet. Convenience wise, we just ate dinner. If anything, I could just pause all of this, yeah. pull my pants down, and call it a day. You have to let me get out first. Uh, you've locked this. I've locked this I, in the bathroom, y'all. It's, but it's locked. And I tried, I, sh- I watched you try to unlock it already once. There's a chance that we we're, stuck. we're stuck. We're going to have to go out the window. <laughs> My butt's not going to fit through there. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. Well, oh, the reason why we're in your bathroom is because, well, it was 90 degrees today. And my apartment is worse off than a sauna right now. Yeah. You did not like that wine? I can. I only took one sip and I can already feel it affecting me. I don't like anything Okay. If you were just going to dump that alcohol out, I would have drank it. Sorry. You just wasted that. I just, I just think I'm just, I don't know. I'm You're never... just not, you don't drink. Yeah, so it's super hot in my apartment. Yeah. So I was like, Amanda, we're not going to be able to do this. Because when we do this, we have to turn the fans off. And that's yeah, all I have gets, for the apartment. Yeah, no. Then it gets even worse. And then I get delirious. And I'm going to let you right know. right now? No, I am totally comfortable. Okay, good. Because if you do get hot, I can crack this and let the air flow. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm totally comfortable. Okay. But I just wanted to clarify or correct myself from last week. So in episode 16, which was part three of Velma, uh, I... We're not always going to be awesome. I had mentioned that Hinter Kaifak, and then I mentioned the episodes that Hinter Kaifak was. Yeah. And I said that it was four, five, and six. That's wrong. It's six, seven, it, and eight, isn't it? No, it's five, six, and seven. Oh, okay. Because episode four was Kim and Lucas. Oh, the Twilight Killers. Yeah. So just correction if you're going back. I have OCD. That's why we're correcting it now because yeah. I was super upset that I said it wrong. But again, we're not always going to be awesome. And I don't have my list in front of me all the time. My calendar, that shows it all. Yeah. But also, I wanted to uh, read this because once again. Y'all, this is is some stuff right here. We mentioned it. Gosh, now I don't even remember what episode. Maybe it was the beginning of Velma. The very first part of it. I don't remember. But we, I woke up and we had comments on the Facebook page on the Facebook page again Mm -hmm. and I thought it was somebody commenting on Velma 
it was not. It was somebody commenting saying this happened right down the street from us. So sad. And that was from V Michelle. And I was like, well, it, Velma's lived everywhere. <laughs> but not to it, mention, that was a long time ago in the early 70s. Right. 60s, so, so I was like, what's happening? No, it was Jessica Ridgeway. So I'm not sure this happening right down the street from us, what that means, because they lived four minutes apart, the houses. Yeah. So was it she lived on Austin's road or was it she lived on Jessica's road? Or a road in between the two. Or a road in between the two. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but she she also said, I remember keeping my kids in the house for a few weeks. It was just so scary. Um, she said that her she has three children that are older and her baby is a little younger. Again, I don't know if that is in comparison to Jessica's age, but I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Um, but that's just, first of all, that's terrifying. And I can honestly say I understand what that means because we've had, yeah. nowhere is safe. Nowhere. nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. People so. out there are like, oh, well, I got to find, you know, the perfect place and town where there's no crime. That doesn't exist. That does not exist. A school district where there's no drugs or that does, that does not, not exist. exist. Yeah. So I, I know what it's like to um, be worried. I mean, about what's going on outside. Um, but what I really find interesting is that this has reached the town of Colorado, Westminster. Twice. Twice. So I don't know if our first gal, I think her name was Shayna. And um, talked about it? Maybe she's talking about it with her friends. I don't know. But, um, I just find it's very interesting. That's awesome. And that's the only one that's exploded like that where we've got people coming to us that were there during that time. And I think that's just um, cool for us sucks Sad. to be for yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the only thing else that I want to mention before we get into the case is how my week has been going as far as, um, the presence in my room that we, that we mentioned back in Hinter Kaifak. Y'all, it's, I don't know how she sleeps in there. I know. you. I would not sleep there if I, li- if that was my apartment, I would be sleeping in Landon's bedroom. I mean, it's not doing, I mean, uh, I can't say that anymore. I was going to say it's not doing anything to me, but I can't say that anymore because now it is doing things to me. And I'm not trying to scare y'all or make you guys uncomfortable, but um, when I say it's doing things to me, other than laying on top of me, which it's is where it all started. Ill. It's making And not just me, but my children as yeah. well. But only when we watch something that has to do with, like, ghost hunting. Because I watch Grey's Anatomy in there. I watch True Crime in there. They have no, the, the, the thing has no problem with that. But when we watch something that is, we were watching Sam and Colby. Uh, my daughter is almost 16. She loves Sam and Colby. It's almost like um, mm-hmm. Ghost Adventures. I hear you guys talk about it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good show. I, I like it. They're two teen, maybe older than teenage. They look like they're teenage, but who, who can I say? I, mean, I look we like I'm a teenager. We don't look our age. Yeah. Um, so they, they look like teenagers, but they're probably in their twenties. Um, and it's a super cool, I'm into it. I'm into it. The presence in my room is not Not into it. It's either not into it or is not into the fact that I'm into it. I don't know what's going on, but literally it felt like I had taken a bat to my head. But as soon as I left my room, it was gone. Y'all, she stepped out of her doorway of her room into her kitchen. She was fine. 
she was fine. Then I went back in the bedroom and it happened again. And it happened to Tara and it happened to Landon. Yeah, it was like so Landon was in so much pain, he was bawling. He was bawling his eyes out. So it's been a it's been a thing. On top of that, there have been some like now visual situations happening. We have the big ball of light that came through mm-hmm. on a video. Um, not a video that I could post because I was on a video chat. Yeah. And so it was a massive ball of light. It was it, bigger than a softball. Oh, my gosh. Not as big as, like, a basketball or a soccer ball. That's big enough. But bigger than a softball. Yeah, no. And it wasn't bright white. If it was white. a golf ball size, that's too big. Yeah, no. It was definitely bigger than, slightly bigger than a softball. And it was not just pure bright white. No, it had, like, a yellowish tint to it. Um, it wasn't moving awfully fast. It was above my head coming from like the door in my bedroom heading towards like the window, which was right next to me. Mm-hmm. It was dark outside. It had to be about eight thirty, nine o'clock. It was dark outside. So it wasn't a reflection of like sun or anything like that. It got to my window and it didn't look like it like went through the window or anything. It looked like it got there, stopped, and then it just went away, like dissipated, just gone. I think you told me that, but for some reason I thought maybe it went through the window no. for some reason. It, it just, it literally stopped and just, like, vaporized away. And then I had, um, so I do have a cat. My cat doesn't mm-hmm. do a whole hell of a lot, but it does not like my bedroom. Nope. Growls at, like, a white wall or the corner. It's crazy. Um, but I was putting something away in my shelf in my closet my dresser is like kitty corner to me. Yep. The far handle, and it's one of those flip handles. It's mm-hmm. not like a, a knob. Um, the far handle away from me, which I'm not even near. It's not something like your butt could hit or something. It was opposite right. end. Right. It was the opposite end. But even then, like, I'm too far from hitting the ones that are close to me. Yeah. And yeah. it flipped up. Like, it just made that jingling noise. Like it, And it flipped up hard. Like, somebody just came in. I was the only one. Enough to, like, startle you. Yeah. Yeah. And when I turned around, it was still moving. Like I heard the clinking. I turned around and it was still rattling after it fell back down. It was still rattled. So that was a thing that's going on. But now we have scratching. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Scratching. The scratching. Yeah. So there's scratching underneath my bed. Um, like that. It is not my cat. My cat doesn't scratch underneath my bed he'll scratch like on the side of the bed very rarely but it's usually the mattress where his claws Mm -hmm. are getting like stuck yeah like kneading you know um but he doesn't do that much this is underneath my bed but when i heard it my cat was on the bed with me like laying down wasn't the cat wasn't the cat when tara heard it the cat wasn't even in the room she was in the hallway because remember she was yelling to you saying where's the cat where's the cat and i said the cat's down the hallway what is your problem she came running out of my room so freaking fast i'm like what is the problem she goes there's something scratching underneath your bed we don't have mice we don't have anything like that it literally sounds like a child and i do think that there's at least two things in my room um the one is a full-bodied figure for what I would consider an adult or a teenager. Um, that's the one that's the full body lays on top of me. Um, but then there's a thing underneath the bed that plays with the cat. I think that one's a kid. I, I what what adults what? are going under the bed? Yeah. Oh, I mean, unless there's special needs or something, but. Well, right. I think it's a child. I think it's a child. Are there special needs ghosts? Is that a thing? <laughs> yes. They die too, right? 
Well, they do. But but when they die, are they then normal? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, do they still have special needs as a spirit? I don't know. Somebody answer that for us. Please. Somebody answer that for us because that's now a question that I have. I feel like I need to Google that. So, yeah, I've been having some things in the bedroom yeah. happening that's questionable. It's not getting super bad. Like I said, we're just not going to watch haunting things in my room now. Oh, another fun fact. Um, today is James's birthday. Yes! Happy birthday, Happy birthday, James. James! Not when you guys are listening to this, but when we are recording August 29th. Today is James's birthday, and he shares that with the lovely Michael Jackson. Ow! You know? Y'all, Ashley and I are both big lovers of Michael Jackson. He's my dead ex-husband. Nope. How can he be when he is mine? He's mine. I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. I... Maybe he went for the younger girl. Maybe. Okay, stop being a cougar. <laughs> Actually, no, the, he, be, I wouldn't be. That wouldn't he's be. Way he's older, older than, than I am. <laughs> That's not how that works, but it sounded fine. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? <laughs> All right, we're going to get into this. Ooh, what's the, what's the storyline today? James Pack. First of all, I don't know how I feel about doing a James. I mean, I do a James a lot, but um, that's not what I meant. Was that was dirty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but James Pack. So I'm going to give you a list of items, and I want you to tell me what you think they have in common. Okay. One, loud music. Two, overgrown trees or bushes. Three, children playing in the street. Four, breakdown of a friendship. Five, property boundaries. Or six, parking. What do those all have in common? I know that's a lot like, hey, tell me what pancakes and hot dogs have in common. What do you think they all have in common? They all have in common? Yeah, all have in common. Just together. As a bunch. What is, what's a park? Okay. Well, actually, no, but maybe. Um, these are actually a few of the reasons that there are disputes between neighbors. I can name a few more. Oh, I can <laughs> name a lot more. But these are just a few of the reasons. Weirdly enough, this list does not change too much between either owning a home or renting an apartment. You own a home, Amanda. I do. And I rent an apartment. So we are on both ends of the spectrum. And I'm sitting here going... From moment to moment, you could have the same issues as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when it comes to neighbors, right, I have the short end of the stick with the apartment. Um, without getting too much into my current situation, I think that I can say right now that my biggest gripe is loud music, which just happened to, like, stop lately Thank for God. reasons. But it actually makes an issue sometimes when we're going to record our podcast. Like, we've actually had to stop recording, delete the entire recording, pack pack up, up, and come to my house. And come here. Mm -hmm. And that's what we had to do with Hannah Up, which is episode eight, And if y'all want to go back. Um, But Amanda had a problem where she was super quiet. Yeah. But that's because we were recording in in your open space of a living room. Yeah. That's why we're recording in the bathroom. bathroom. So... But parking has played a huge role in being an issue at my current apartment as well. (laughs) Oh, yes. And if you want to know more about that, I have a short story called The. It's just called The dot dot dot. 
And that's coming out in my upcoming book that I have coming out in November. Have I heard this one yet? Um, probably not because I think it's like 29 pages long. Oh, heck. It is a long story. Um, and it's all about my, um, well, you know what? I, if, if they were to read it, they would know it's about them. It's about my neighbor. Upstairs? Upstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So apartments are hard to live in. They're, they're difficult to live in. Each person is different. So each tenant is different. We have different things that we expect. We respect different things. We have different lifestyles totally. Sure, we have separate living spaces, but um, putting all of these different people into one building can just sometimes be disastrous. A good way to like maintain rules and make sure that people are respecting like the building is to have a lease. And 99.9% of places do. Um, it's something that you sign when you move into an apartment. Some people may not know that. Um, but it's a, usually it's almost like a packet. It's a lot yeah, of pages it's, usually. It's thick. And before it's even signed, the landlord or the management company will actually go over the lease with the prospective tenant just to make sure that they understand each point. Noise, animals, and parking are the main points on the lease almost always. There's always something about them. I have never lived as an adult in the same building with my landlord. That's never been a thing. I have always had a management company. Hmm. Um, this was not the case for Sue Stevens. So I watched an episode of Fear Thy Neighbor. Have you ever seen that? Mm -hmm. Terrifying show. That is a freaking terrifying show. Yeah. I'm, I, it, it scares me. Um, but I love it. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say, but you're not going to stop watching it, are you? I am not. So the episode was called... Blizzard of Blood. Yeah, your eyes just about popped out of your head. Um, it aired on Investigation Discovery, and it was June 13th, 2022 when it aired. But if you just go to the Investigation Discovery app, yeah. they have an app. You can watch stuff, and you don't need to buy into it. or Really? Yeah, because I don't have cable at home. No, you don't. So I didn't have to put in for Spectrum or oh, anything cool. like that. So you can just watch Ruby. It. Yeah, it's totally fetch. Totally fetch. So, in case anybody wants to watch it, I already gave you the title. You could, you can, like, put in the search bar, bar Blizzard of Blood. Blizzard of Blood. Blah, 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 blah. Blizzard of Blood. Or you can also look up Season 8, Episode 1. Oh, okay. So, that is my main source here because I watched this show and I went, oh, my God. Now I feel like we're I need going to, watch to it. Well, I, it's why I didn't tell you about it. You can watch it after we're done. <laughs> Um, but I also found a 25-page document, and I can't link it because it's a PDF Oh. or, as Ash and Elena like to call it, a pitifa. Um, but if you go to, just to Google and type in Court of Appeals James Pack, it should be like the first result that comes up. Like I said, I just I can't link it. So in the early winter of 2012, Sue was fresh out of a relationship and looking for a place to rent with her two sons. So at the time, she had 19-year-old Derek and 6-year-old Brayden. Sue was working as a customer service representative for a local manufacturing company, and Derek was working at a car detailing garage, which he absolutely loved. So the two boys, although they were like 13 years apart, they are said to be so close. Oh, 
Yeah. Derek is described as being an easygoing, loving, caring, good kid who loved trucks and cars, which is probably why he works in a detailing garage. Yep. Brayden is described as a sweet boy who, like, idolized his older brother. Probably just wanted to be him, you know? Mm-hmm. So Sue grew up in Biddeford, Maine, and wanted to look for a place there to continue raising her kids because she loved it just so much. So aside from its hometown feel and coastal living... Oh, I'd want to stay too. I know. Wikipedia notes an interesting tidbit of information, which I find super awesome, seeing as how um, I just got back at the end of July from Plymouth, Massachusetts. So everyone knows that the Mayflower, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Carrying the Pilgrims landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Plymouth, yeah. Right. So that was on November 11th, 1620. We're getting a little history lesson here, okay? Okay. I did not know this tidbit of information either. That was after a voyage of 66 days. So what we're never told, and it's actually become overlooked even in New England like lore, is another landing took place before 1620. Why didn't we learn about that one? I know. So the first European to land and settle at Biddeford was physician Richard Vines from Devon, England, in the winter of 1616 or 1617. Obviously, they didn't keep very good notes back then. And he, it was uh, at Winter Harbor, and as they called it, Biddeford Pool. Like, that's, like, literally where he was from in England was Biddeford, so he kind of brought it over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, in 1912, William E. Berry, an artist in Maine, created a statue in honor of the doctor, Richard Vines. The monument stands at 56 Bridge Road at Leeton's Point in Biddeford, Maine. The monument is on the Maine Registry of Historic Places. And after looking at pictures and reading into Biddeford, Maine, I can see why Sue wanted to live there and raise her kids there. The specific area that they were looking into was Sococus Road. I was trying to Google that. Did you have to listen to the pronunciation? I had to, yes, but I had to, I had no idea how to spell it. Oh, yeah. Sococus. I'm I'm like, try that. So I had to speak it into, I'm like, Sococus Road, Biddeford, Maine, into Google. And then it brought it up, and I'm like, that is not how I was spelling that. Sounds Indian. It's S-O-K-O-K-I-S. I was not spelling it that way. Nope. I can't. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Nope. Yeah. So it's actually like a half circle kind of road that connected to the main road oh, on both okay. ends. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then it had dead-end roads coming off, off of it. it. Um, and behind those roads is Sacco River. Okay. So it's on this road that Derek actually pointed out a for rent sign in front of the home number 17. I I feel like we need music now. Dun, dun, dun. No, not that kind. Uh, Welcome to (laughs) Ashley's Realtor Show. (laughs) The place you come to find your dream home that is probably no longer on the market. With the help of my friends at Realtor.com and Zillow, let's find out some more about this multi-family home at 17 Secaucus Road. So it's a place with a lovely main house with a rental unit that's kind of sandwiched between the main house and the garage. Okay. All right. I've got a picture. I went straight to Google Maps and I got the, you know, how you can get your little person to stand on the street and look at the, yeah, that's what I've got. So I took screenshots. Nice. 
I took screenshots of what we're looking at from an angle so that you could see it on the side because that's where you got to be, but also of a certain spot that we're going to be talking about. Okay. The entire property has five bedrooms and three baths in a 2,996 square foot living space. Why they just didn't add that last couple feet to make it 3,000 is beyond me. Just bump it up. Just, Just, Just do it. So the home sits on a 1.16 acre lot. Wow. With a two car garage and a large driveway for multiple vehicles, like a large driveway. Zillow states this fully furnished garden style apartment, one garage space for a car and or storage, shower and stackable washer and dryer in the bathroom, living room, dining room, open kitchen concept, one bedroom, and separate office or study with a desk and storage closet, private patio, and garden space. The property is not currently for sale or rent, but if you are looking for the right home for you in Biddeford, Maine, please feel free to contact me and I'll help you out. (laughs) Now back to allegedly. So I don't know if you can picture it. So it is is a one bedroom apartment and it's just Sue and her two kids, one of which is an adult. It has a desk space. It does have that area. So maybe they could have turned it into a small room. Yeah. Definitely something I would do. Landon would sleep in there in a heartbeat. Yep. So after stopping to inquire about the apartment, Sue and the boys met one of the owners, Armit Pack. Her husband, James, was currently not home, but she showed them the apartment anyway. I don't know how long it was on the market or anything like that. So maybe she was just like, I want to get this rented. Right. Um, And I'm sure it's not one of those issues where it's like she needed her husband there in order to show them anyway. So she showed them. Derek was excited to hear that with the apartment, there was one, it was a two-car garage, so he got part of the garage. He got to have one half. Yeah. Yeah. So he was happy to be able to use it for his beloved truck, which is exactly what it was. That was his baby. Like, he babied it. Have you ever had somebody that did that? Like, they loved their vehicle so much that they, like, took more care of it like it was a child? No. Uh, So Tara's dad did. He had a Chevrolet Cavalier when we got together. That was his... A Cavalier. Am I not saying that right? No, no. You're saying it right. That's nothing to be super proud of. That's horrible. (laughs) He loved it. And I think it was because he bought it with his own money at a younger age. Okay. So he was like... It wasn't more so the type of car. It was just that he did something himself. Yeah. I mean, this was... he, He was in college at the time. Mind you, this was back in like early 2000s so maybe I mean, it was cool my husband then. has a 1969 chevelle yeah but, but that's I a mean, classic we he's had it since he was 14 we have three children and it does not get the used. attention it wants yeah. i mean it gets used just not i mean just, we've even put car seats in that sucker yeah so even though the place was small like i said it's a one bedroom um After some chit-chat and getting all of the information, it was this very apartment that Sue and her children moved into. Nice. So the following day, Sue came to the property without the kids in order to sign the lease. So this is when she met the other owner, Armit's husband, James Pack. James was in his 70s. All right. They're an older couple. Okay. um, And was said to be a successful mason and landscaper. Okay, so a mason is a person that lays brick. Right. Okay. So he was like, he, at one point, I don't know if he was still doing it then, um, but 
at one point he was very good at that. And he was actually a man that was regarded as hardworking and he was a very humble man. It is also said that he lived the American dream. Oh. So they're clearly not American. I'm not going to sit here and assume where they are from. Never assume. But I think they are of some sort of Asian descent, whether it's, it very well could be the Philippines for all I know. Okay. Um, but when I say that he was living the American dream, it was going from rags to riches. And he probably sounded like he worked really hard to get there from, from what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And he had the respect of everyone that knew him. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah. So he lived and worked his entire life in Vermont, but later moved to Maine just for like a new beginning. So the lease stated that the unit could only be two adults and one minor. I'm unsure if that was like always the thing or if that's just something like, okay, well, you guys are moving in. You have two adults and one minor because Derek's not a minor anymore. He's an adult. Yeah. So I think that was just a customized thing for them. I don't know if that's what they were always looking for. Gotcha. This would account, like I said, for Sue, Derek, and Brayden. Nobody mm-hmm. else. It also stated that there was only allowed to be two cars in the driveway. And Sue agreed to the terms and signed the lease. She also gave the needed deposit in order to move in. So I am almost positive because I know how I felt when I got my first apartment after becoming single. Mm-hmm. Again, coming out of my divorce. Uh I felt amazing. But then even just recently in 2020, I moved into my own apartment with zero help from anybody else. And that just felt freaking amazing. I can imagine. So I can only imagine how Sue felt coming out of the relationship, getting her own place, starting new. It's just, that's got to be just exhilarating. Oh, yeah. So it was now moving day for Sue and her children. But when they arrived, James was standing near the door to the apartment monitoring as prior tenants moved some things out still. Oh. Yeah. Sue actually had said in the show that it was uncomfortable and that there was tension, which I can only imagine. Like, that would be super weird. They should have made it so they didn't have to cross paths. Yeah. But Sue and Derek just waited while the others left and then began moving their own things in. So Sue had taken the Monday off after moving in order to unpack and get the house in order. So she just didn't go to work that day. Um, And it was while she was unpacking alone by herself in the apartment that she turned around and found James Pack had walked in the door and was just standing there in the apartment. With, like, tools and whatnot. OMG. I would have... Can you imagine how loud I would have screamed? <clears throat> oh, my God. I, you and I get yeah. scared about everything. Yeah, it would have been so bad. Yeah. Um, when she asked why he was there, he said he needed to, quote, unquote, check the plumbing. Which, okay, fine. He didn't really get a chance to do that. Right, before. because they moved out and in so quickly, so... The reason I said, quote, unquote, is because plumbing comes up again later. But oh. here's the thing, though. Like regardless of whether you had no time or whatever, first of all, that's on you. You're the one that's creating the lease. You could have said, well, listen, can you stay somewhere just for a couple more days? Because I I have yet to even clean the apartment, let alone make sure everything's working order. Not only that, but she had already signed the lease, so wouldn't he need to knock before entering? Correct. So that was my question. Like, you clearly know these people are now living here. You can't just walk in. No. You need to give, I don't care if you own it or not, or if it's attached to your butt, you don't get to just walk in. So that was an issue. Yeah. Okay. Red flag. That was a red flag. Yep. So 
I already knew the question to this, like we just talked about, but I wanted to search it anyway just to get like a clear cut answer. Um, so I Googled, can my landlord come into my house or my apartment at any time? And then I specifically put in Maine because state to state, there's different, different laws. Yeah. So I found the answer on Pine Tree Legal Assistance under the Rights of Maine Renters. The site says no. Oh, all right. That answer is that. You know, no, it is a complete sentence. If you're, it also says, if your landlord wants to come into your home to make a non-emergency repair or inspect the apartment, they must give you reasonable notice. This means at least 24 hours. Yeah. So there is one exception to this. Um, and that is if there's an emergency, your landlord can enter after a shorter notice, whether you or without any notice at all. Uh, for example, like the pipes burst. Right. Obviously. Right. Um, or there's a fire in your apartment. Yeah. Obvious. So that's what I figured. That's kind of what we just talked about. Yeah. It, it Obviously, they can't just come into your apartment. That's a problem. Red flag people. Red yeah. Flag. So the real reason for this is because you have every right to be there when they enter or just to say, okay, they are coming at this time. There's going to be some weird people in my house. Maybe I should put some money away that needs to be hidden. Or maybe you have some things out that you don't want people to see. Some personal items, perhaps. Or whatever. Just valuables, jewelry, whatever. You don't want people stealing your shit. Yeah. So did we ever figure out if that would happen to, like, you and your landlord just came into your house? Mm-hmm without giving you notice or you saying, yeah, come on in, can you call the cops and he would be in trouble? Yeah, I do believe so. Huh. Yeah, I do believe so. Um, what you do not have the right to do is to deny them access. You cannot deny access. But you do have the right to know that they are coming in and when. So on this day for Sue, she clearly was not expecting him no. at all. Yeah. So it wasn't but just a few days after this incident when a vehicle, clearly not one of Sue or Derek's, entered the driveway. The car belonged to Olivia Welch, which was Derek's girlfriend. Oh, but only two cars are allowed in the driveway of the tenants. That's why this was an issue for James. They're not even allowed to have company? Yeah, we'll get into that. Oh. So the lease clearly stated only two cars allowed in the driveway. So I'm going to rant a little bit right now because parking is actually a touchy subject for me. Yes. Um, and it has been since the moment I moved into the place that I currently live at. The landlord dictates based on space and units how many cars can be in a driveway or I'm going to say or a parking lot because sometimes there's a parking lot. So in the apartment where I currently live, we have three units, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a single car driveway that goes along the side of my house that leads to a bigger lot in the back. We can comfortably fit three cars in the back lot. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. However, from the moment I've moved in, the girl on the third floor has parked her car at the very end of the driveway, which is blocking the single lane to get to the lot. Now, mind you, the single lane goes between my house, the building, mm -hmm. and a fence. Yep. There, she's blocking the entire thing. She has refused to move it in the two years that I've lived there, in order for me to park in the lot. Yep. Only when we got a new tenant on the first floor apartment did that change, sort of. However, now it seems like they rotate. Whoever gets home just parks at the under entrance yep. of the driveway. They just take turns. Whoever gets there first parks and still blocks it, so Ashley's still parking on the street. Yeah. Or, even more fun yet, 
the first floor girl parks out back and then lets everyone and their brothers park out there too, which is also not supposed to happen. No. So the real issue comes when winter hits, actually, because where we live in Binghamton, we actually, we winter of 2020, I'm pretty sure it was winter of 2020. Um, we had a record snowfall. It was like 41 inches in oh, 36 yeah. hours. Yeah. It was insane. All they called for was 15 inches. We yeah. got 46. Um, so almost yearly, we're asked at least once by local authorities to park off of the road in order for the snow to be cleared. Our area will designate like municipal lots for cars to park. And the closest one to me is like three blocks away. It's like three blocks away, let's just say three blocks to the west and then a block to like the south. I don't know directions. It's it's a ways. It's it's a ways. So this would not be a problem if if I had to do it, right? Um, But I don't have to because we have a driveway and a parking lot. But it's also a problem because A, I go to work super early. I have to be to work by 6 a.m., so now I would have to be walking in the dark. And I don't live in totally a safe area. No. Nope. Um, not to be walking in the dark. Um, but I also have an eight-year-old son. And your neighbors, neither one of them, have any children. Right. Um, and I don't have another adult that lives with me with another car. That nope. could be like, well, we'll drop you off and then I'll walk back. Right. So the third floor girl, and I have had an issue. So in 2020, when it came to the fact that we had to be off of the road. She had moved her boyfriend in, first of all, and he was not on the lease. Still isn't on the lease. This is all stuff. Well, no, this was a different boyfriend than what's there now. Oh, they both weren't on the lease. Oh, all right. Remember, his kids moved in. Oh, yeah. So it was a whole thing. And that's a one-bedroom apartment, and there were four people living there. Tiny. It's the top (laughs) of the house. It's a tiny, tiny place. Oh, my God. So, in fact, she was having her boyfriend... The not tenant parking with her in the single lane of the driveway. So now they've cleared enough snow that two cars could fit there. But now it was her and his truck. To hell with you. To hell with me. She told me that I had to park in the municipal lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's not how it went down. Um, because I did end up getting in the driveway. And he ended up having to do, well, whatever the hell it is he did. I don't know where he ended up going. By the way, he had his own apartment. He didn't. He actually still had his own apartment but moved in. It was a lot. Wow. Yeah. Can't so, say I'm surprised. Yeah. So every year, parking at my place is a fight. Again, if you want to read more about that, it will definitely be in my next coming book. Yes, it will. Um, so by the time we get to the end of this, you're going to understand exactly why I've just told you all about that. All about that. So James had some words with Olivia. Oh, not so nice words. Um, I mean, they weren't so much the words. It was more the tone. Yeah. Um, and she eventually moved her car after he said she can't park there. So when I looked up the realtor information for this home, like I said, I Google mapped it. Mm-hmm. Um, the driveway is big. Okay. It, it's big. Big like there was plenty of room for her to park there without. And then some. Gotcha. So the driveway could possibly hold, if I'm counting correctly, a total of nine vehicles. Oh my. Okay, you know, like bumper to bumper, but it's a driveway, you know? So the way that it's made, it's like it's super long two-lane driveway with the two-car garage at the end. There's also a small spot off to the right-hand side for, like, one vehicle. Like, so there's the two lanes. So, like, compared to my driveway. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's just, again, I have photos. Gotcha. I, I screenshotted all of it. Um, so I would think like eight cars could fit comfortably with two in the garage and six in the two lane setup. Now, of course, this depends on the vehicle size and whatnot. Of course. You know, that, yeah. that all comes into account. But when Sue signed the lease, it stated only two cars in the driveway. But it also said that they could use the garage as well. So my question here is, did the lease dictate what two cars? Because that's almost what it's sounding. Because when Olivia came over, I think Their Sue truck. wasn't even home. Oh. Well, then why would it matter? That's it would have wondering. been dictated. It must have been dictated. Yeah. Which is a weird thing, That is, I guess. Weird. I feel like that's super controlling for a landlord. Yeah. Um, but if it did, then I understand that regardless of whether it was one car spot open or not, if the vehicle was on the lease or not, then so they couldn't park there. Does a car that's parked in the garage space count as the driveway? If it's in, not technically in the He's driveway, had it's two in the cars, so... I, I guess that wow. does. That's so strange. It's That's very specific. Um, so this is usually not a thing that's on the lease unless it's like a bigger complex with specific parking spots. Which is So true. where I lived yeah. before, there, but there was a visitor lot at my old apartment. Which I never parked in the visitor nobody lot. <laughs> nobody, used, nobody used that. And it was not well maintained. So otherwise, the lease would only state how many cars are allowed allowed in the driveway or the parking spot yeah. not like hey i need your mm-hmm. i need your vid numbers and your license plates right you know that's a little bit much um normally it just never really matters what car it is uh i'm just saying what if one of them broke down and had to get a rent a car could yeah. you imagine i was just thinking the same thing anything anything so in my case at my place we have the three spots in the back lot um one for each apartment and i could park my car there or my boyfriend could park his there but we both can't park back there do you see what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's just one spot per person or per unit, and it doesn't really matter which one. Yep. So I will state this, and you will see it when the photos are posted, but Secaucus Road seems to not, like, have room on the street for parking. Oh, okay. It's a two-lane road, but then it looks like there's, like, a ditch right there, or it's the edge. I like to call that a the- gully. I don't know why. Okay. It's the gully. It's either, either there's a, I can't remember right offhand right now. But, but there's something preventing you from parking. Now that I think about it, I think it was like the edge of the property. Like, could you imagine trying to park on the grass? There's no sidewalks. So it would be parking like on James Pack's yard. I, I don't think he would have a problem with that. No, I don't think he would allow that. <laughs> so... She said that she would move it to the street. I'm not sure where she parked it exactly, though. Like I said, I can't imagine she pulled it off into the yard a little bit. Um, But it seems like James was very much the kind of guy that, like, watched what had happened around his property. Sounds like it. Um, Almost like he was being, like, a nosy neighbor to himself. Yep. Yeah. So he set the rules, he set the standards, and he expected those to be met. Actually, a friend, and I can't remember his name, said something like, um, I think he held his tenants to the same standards that he would hold his employees. And you just can't do that. Nope. So, however, it seemed that the more he thought he could have tenants, and they were never allowed to have guests. That's, No. That's a no. That's a red flag. Yeah, so that's never something that people ask of a tenant either. Like, you can't control people coming over. No. Regardless, Olivia moved her car. 
So the problem here is James and Armit Pack both owned the property and they had a standard for their tenants. However, as you're seeing, it's not always logical, their standard. No. It almost seems as though James felt like he could dictate anything and everything around his house. That's not how that works. Yeah, just because, you know, the people were living in a place that was attached to his house. He's completely forgetting the lease and the legal system, and he's just thinking, okay, well, this is on my property, so I'm just going to tell you whatever the hell I want to tell you, and you're going to do whatever I say. I wonder where that, like, ended. Like, was he concerned about what they were putting up? Like, on the walls? I'm imagining so. Was he... If he was that strict about the damn driveway, you know damn well he didn't want no picture of a bathtub on the bathroom wall. Yeah, or even yet more religious or less religious. That welcome wreath on your front door? It's got to go. Gosh, he sounds like he would have been offended by anything. Oh, yeah. So, he wanted to dictate when the family did or did not have things. He wanted to dictate who could be in the apartment and who could not. So, for instance, he only wanted Sue, Derek, and Brayden there at all. Um, One of his favorite phrases he seemed to use when things were not being done his way was, there are rules to live here. You like the rules, you stay. You don't like the rules, you move. Yeah, but you can't make up new rules just to suit your needs as you go. Right, and I'm not saying that he was making up new rules, but I think the rules that he had set, that's drastic. Well, they are, they are, they are drastic. Like I'm saying, two cars, no more than two cars in the driveway, fine. But what if one of our vehicles isn't there? Why can't she park there then? You see? That's a lot. If Sue was at work, it should have been. So I'm going to give you some examples of the continuing issues that Sue, Derek, and Olivia noticed that were going on. But I didn't want to linger on these, so we're just going to do them in, like, bullet points. Um, I do want to say that Sue had told Derek... That he should ignore James Pack the best that he could. Not in a way that he shouldn't listen to the owner. Okay, not in a disrespectful way. Right, but more of a just keep your head down, don't converse with him to continue arguments and do what he's asking. Got you. Mainly because the requests were petty and Mm -hmm. James was becoming overbearing. So it wasn't so much that the tenants were doing anything wrong. It was just literally James's way or the highway. So number one. At one point, Derek, who owned a truck, like we said, and treated it like a baby, like we said, had some time off of work. He had like two weeks off of work. And he was out in the driveway cleaning the interior of his truck. Um, The episode showed him using a shop vac in the reenactment. I don't know if that's exactly what he was using. I'm sure it was. Most people do. Um, But apparently the noise of the shop vac... Uh, during the day, mind you, it wasn't like it was nighttime or anything. It was annoying James Pack. <laughs> he ended up going out to the truck, trying to get Derek's attention. Now, this is in the reenactment, and I'm assuming that it's as close to the truth as possible. So yeah. I'm telling you what the reenactment showed me. It showed James going out to the truck, trying to get Derek's attention. Derek couldn't hear him. Um... So James went through the driver's side window and laid on the truck's horn, scaring the death out of Derek. Um, Just to tell him that he was being too loud with the shop back and if that he wanted to clean his truck, then he should do it at a car wash. Does it say that in my lease? I know. James back. 
I know. So I do want to say that after this incident, Sue said that Armit had come over to apologize because apparently Derek and James had gotten into it. Um, But she wanted to apologize about her husband's attitude. She had said he has too much time on his hands during the day, which is sounding a lot like what's going on here. However, in the same breath... Armit actually began to tell Sue that she should have her son working more to help pay for rent. Mind your business. Yeah, so it came off to me more like, hey, we won't have a problem if your son isn't here most of the time. No. Sue did not take it very well. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. I'm not taking it well right now, and this did not happen to me. And she, yeah, so she walked off. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would have been thrown as well because it's none of the bus- the owner's business who pays for rent as long as it's being paid. Absolutely. Unless this lease dictated, okay, Sue pay half, Derek pay half. Right. You can't dictate that. No. There's literally no way. No. Nope. So, number no two. Way. Olivia came over frequently to see her boyfriend. Right. All right. Mind you, it's two young adults, still teens, but young adults, in love, wanting to spend time together. It seemed as though James had been, like, tracking when Olivia was there. He thought she was living there, when in fact she was not. Um, She did stay over from time to time. I don't know what the lease said. I know that my lease says... That no one can stay over more than 10 days a month. Otherwise, I have to pay extra. So you could come over, Amanda, and you could stay 10 days out of each month, and I wouldn't have to pay more. I I have spent the night at your apartment. Right. I don't know what their lease stated. Most people allow people to stay overnight. What if they had family in town? Or what if she got sick or couldn't drive? Or Yeah, there's so much. So James, however, seemed to think that Olivia should not be over at all. Because the lease said two adults in the unit. And Olivia made a third adult. But she is not living there, James. Get it together, brother. I know. It seemed as though James tried to, like, hold them to that standard regardless of the time of day. He saw it as no one other than the tenant should be in the unit. So that seems pretty ridiculous to me. He cannot dictate that only the people he says on the lease can be in the apartment. I don't know where he thinks he's able to do that. I don't know what he thinks. I don't know. Yeah. So Jocelyn Welch, which is Olivia's mother, had stated that Olivia, in fact, did not live in the apartment. She did stay there a couple times, but was not living there. Right. So actually, James Pack decided he was going to demand more money from Sue because Olivia is living there, according to him. So, Sue said no. She refused to do that. And, of course, that angered James. Of course. So, on another instance, Sue took her younger son, Brayden, on a small, like, weekend trip getaway. And during this time, Derek had over Olivia, as well as his stepbrother, Dylan, to play some video games. Sue said that Dylan was one of Derek's best friends. They got along great. He had spent a lot of time with them. So, having Dylan over was actually not a surprise. Um, But it was during these video games that Dylan thought he caught something out the window. Oh, no. James was spying on them, wasn't he? They couldn't prove it because all of them ended up going out to investigate but found nothing. Oh, my gosh. But I wouldn't put it past this guy. So, however, 
come the Monday after the weekend, when Sue and Brayden were gone, they weren't home from the trip yet. Okay? When she did arrive back, she noticed a voicemail from Armin. Stating that her and James knew that Derek, his girlfriend, and some other boy, is what she called him, were in the apartment without Sue being there. So... Mind you, Derek's 19, so I'm sure that these other kids are also about the same age. But it was during this very incident that really, like, signified that the family was being watched and or tracked. Yeah, she got to move. Yeah. So Sue said, I was mad. I don't need to explain to her where I go for a weekend. Nothing was done wrong. Derek's old enough to stay home alone if he wants to. And if he wants to have a boy stay over, that's more than okay, too. Yeah. So after that, the vibe of the apartment was uncomfortable. Uh, you don't say. I'm, I'm surprised it took that long. Yeah. Um, but Sue said she made sure that her door was locked nightly. Also something that I ended up having to do. Yeah. Um, I have to lock it 24-7 now. I actually locked myself out today while bringing in groceries with my keys inside. When I come to your house and I walk in your door, I lock it as soon as I shut the door. Yeah. And it, it drives me nuts having it unlocked while I'm waiting for you to get there. But I bet, because you never know if it's me going to walk in. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So it was then when she was awoken, awoken, awoken to the sound of a door handle being jiggled, which is also a terrifying thing that I can attest to. Um, She was... That gave me the chills, I'm sorry. The that, towel? No, you, the picturing somebody jiggling the door handle, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's terrifying. I've watched it far too many times with my crazy neighbor jiggling my door handle to try to get into my apartment. (gasps) She didn't know whether I was there or not, other than my car being outside. But who's to say I didn't go somewhere? What if you're in my car? Yeah, she's always like, and then jiggling the door handle to try to come in. Because like I said, she used to do that all the time, just walk in. Um, So she was hoping it was just her mind making up. The door handle being juggled. But it actually turns out that Olivia said she heard the same thing. So probably not. Probably not. Then there was the snow. James was furious that he was the only one shuffling the walkways. Mind you, he is elderly, so I can see how that would be okay. an issue. Okay. But he was getting more mad about the walkways that he didn't need to use. It would be the walkways coming from the apartment. Which he didn't need to use, according to Sue. She's like, these are our walkways, so why is he freaking out? We'll we'll get to them when we can. Yeah. So he would bang on their door, demanding them to come out and shovel when he wanted it done. And I feel like that was just more of, like, him dictating his timeline. Gosh. So come December, Sue refused to pay the rent for the month. Oh, jeez. Remember when the tenants moved in, James just waltzed into the apartment to do some plumbing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the entire apartment actually had an issue since they moved in. The plumbing was not working properly. Um, According to Sue, she said, Derek called me at work one day and asked who paid for the hot water in the apartment. She said that it was the landlords who did and then asked him why. And he said that the water was not working. So as she described it, the water in the bathroom sink, you could only use hot water. So you could not use like cold water to brush your teeth. And if you ran the washing machine or the dishwasher while you were taking a shower, it would back up some sludge. in the t- Oh, no. Yeah. That's yucky. Yeah. So she mentioned the issues to James and Armit, but they never got fixed. Of course not. 
So after many requests for it to be fixed and them ignoring it, they decided not to pay that month's rent. I don't blame them. So Sue said that her and Derek decided they were going to end up moving, but they wanted to wait until spring just so that they didn't have to move in winter, which is logical. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's logical for us here in lower New York. I can only imagine what winter's like right. in Maine. Much worse. Armette left many messages for Sue and Derek telling them that the rent was late. And in the messages, James could actually be heard in the background telling her what to say. Oh, lovely. So by this time, James wanted them to move out. He's like, I want them out. He was not having it anymore. It was after this that Sue decided not to, like, rock the boat and just kind of make it through until they could move. So she ended up paying the rent. However, during another storm. Oh, God. Cars were in the driveway, which blocked James from plowing. And I can understand this would be an issue. So eventually, while at work, Sue got a hold of Derek and told him that he needs to move the cars for the plowing. But this was, like, the last straw for James. Like, he freaked out. He was done. This was it. But Armet wanted to try to, like, resolve the issues one last time by having a meeting. So she left a letter on December 28th, 2012, on the apartment door stating that they were going to have a mandatory meeting for the following morning. Way to give them enough notice. Yeah, that's not 24-hour notice. No. So the meeting was to include the PACs, Sue, and Derek, but also Olivia was requested to be there. Why? She's not a tenant. <laughs> if I was Olivia, I would not have gone. Well, she didn't go, did she? Nobody went. Oh, okay. um, Because unfortunately, like you said, this was not enough time. No. So Sue and Derek, they had to work. Or, well, Derek had to work. Sue already had scheduled, like, something prior with Brayden, whether that was an appointment or whatever. Didn't matter. She doesn't have to explain herself to the nope. landlords. They did that. not give her enough time. Um, so she left a note back on their door saying that it was not going to be able to be done on their timeline because they had prior engagements. So now we're going to get into, like, what really went down. It was December 29th. 2012. 2012. The day after... Or the day that the meeting would have happened. And a storm now hit Biddeford, Maine. Like a big storm. So during this time, there was no parking allowed on the on the street. There was a parking ban. So Olivia was at the residence this evening. And Sue instructed Olivia to park in the driveway behind her own vehicle due to the ban. She's like, you don't have a choice. I mean, yeah. obviously, I guess the other choice is for her to go home. But what else was she supposed to do? Park in the driveway. Okay, we'll figure it out in the morning. This is, it's a storm. You can't park on the street. Just park in the freaking driveway. Yeah. Okay. So that is what happened. Derek then arrived. So James went out and confronted Derek on this matter. Mind you, Derek just got home. He's probably like, I don't even know what's happening. What are you talking about, buddy? I just got here. But as soon as he got out of his car, James hadn't come out yet. He just... Derek grabbed the shovel and started shoveling the walkway. And then James came out and started yelling. So James began yelling at Derek about not only the cars in the driveway, but also the fact that Derek seemed to not be shoveling the snow correctly, according to James. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, he's There's like... a right and wrong way to shovel snow? Again, it's this man's, like, it's his way or the highway. So, and at this point, everything's pissing him off. So. I feel like he should just not have tenants. He should not be a landlord. Maybe he was just pushed to his limit, so everything was annoying to him. I don't know. But Sue could hear the arguing outside 
and instructed Olivia to take Brayden into the bedroom while she went out to see what's happening. In the reenactment, it showed all three of them outside. So I don't know if Olivia just put Brayden in the bedroom just and then to, went out. And then went out. But Sue began recording James Pack, and I'm gonna try to do my own reenactment of oh, the noise fun. that he was making. So James Pack decided to be quite a bit out of control. Um, he began making a weird noise while he was taunting them and yelling things at them. Something about stealing from him and not paying rent. And then he continued to call them animals. He was making a noise going, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> That's not funny. That's literally, and he was making this, y'all can't see me, but he's making She's making this, like a claw, like jab at you. Yeah. And it sounded gesture. like a bird noise. Bah, or a little chihuahua. Like, that's what he was... But I'm not sure why he was doing that. Like, every time they tried to say something, like, you're being ridiculous or this is uncalled for, as soon as, like, Sue opened her mouth, he's like... Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. Like, I don't know if that's him mocking them or what, but that's ridiculous. And that's crazy. Yeah, that's, Standing outside in the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah. That's hell crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So... It was then that Derek decided to call the police. Good. Um, now, I'm going to tell this story as it was written in the document for that I for the United yep. States Court of Appeals. Um, again, you can find this document by simply Googling the entire title, United States Court of Appeals, as well as adding James Pack to it. Pack is P-A-K. Yeah. Um, but we're going to kind of jump around the document so that it reads more like a story rather than the way they laid it out for the document's sake. So in this document, everyone is referred to their last names. But to make things understandable, I did go back and change it to their first names. If I missed one, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm reading directly from the document now, so you know. On the evening of December 29th, 2012, James Pack got into an argument with Derek outside the apartment. Pack screamed at him and made obscene gestures at the plaintiffs. He also threatened to hit Derek, pointed his fingers at the plaintiffs in the shape of a gun, and said, bang, and threatened to bury Derek in the snow. Derek called the police and reported that his landlord was freaking out on him, making death threats towards him and pointing his finger at him like a gun. Sue recorded portions of the altercation that's on her cell phone. Officers Dexter... And Walter Beck, or Walter Beek, it's B-E-E-K, so Walter Beek, were dispatched to the apartment. Officer Dexter arrived at the scene first and spoke to the plaintiffs. Officer Dexter was wearing an audio recording device, which captured his entire interaction with the plaintiffs and the packs. They showed him videos that they were recording that evening of packs screaming at them. The plaintiffs also showed told Officer Dexter exactly the threats described before, including the threat of shooting the plaintiffs and burying Derek. The plaintiffs warned Officer Dexter that once Pack had tried to follow Derek into the apartment after the confrontation. They said that they often had confrontations with Pack, but this time was different because Armit Pack, James's wife, had not come over like she usually did to apologize to them after Pack freaked out. She always seemed to be, like, the voice of reason, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's how I, I, I'm viewing her, yeah. I, I'm imagining that she's like, oh, my husband is being freaking nuts. 
but I also should side with my husband. Yeah. So I think that's why she wanted that one last, let's have a mandatory meeting. So back to the document, Sue told Officer Dexter that her six-year-old son was in a different room as they were trying to keep him away from the situation with Pack. Officer Walter Beek arrived while Officer Dexter was speaking with the plaintiffs. He briefly spoke with Pack in the driveway. Then he went into the apartment and listened to Officer Dexter's ongoing conversation with the plaintiffs. Officer Dexter asked the plaintiffs what the biggest problem was between them and the Packs. They responded that the current conflict was about how many cars could be parked in the driveway under their lease agreement. After stepping outside the apartment, Officer Dexter told Officer Walter Beek that he could leave. He didn't need him there. Officer Dexter then went next door, or I guess up front, to speak with both of the packs. So the doors to the packs' home and the plaintiff's apartment are directly adjacent to each other, almost side by side. Um. It didn't really portray that in the reenactment very well. It looked like they used the main front door, which was pointed out towards the front road. Yeah. While the apartment door came out to the driveway on the side. So I guess it was side by side is okay. what they're saying. Armit Pack explained that James Pack was angry with the plaintiffs about the parking as well as other issues and that they were in the process of evicting the plaintiffs. Mind you, they've only been there like maybe two months. So in describing to Officer Dexter his conflicts with Derek, Pack said that he told Derek he had a gun and would shoot him and said bang to Derek. Officer Dexter repeatedly explained that he can't do that. You cannot do anything about the car parked in the driveway or the eviction of those. They were all civil issues. Yeah. He also repeatedly told Pack that these civil issues would have to be handled through the courts and that the court process would be difficult. And that the downside of being a landlord in Maine is that the tenants in the state have tons of rights. Yeah. Good. So that's frustrating to landlords say. and Pack. Yeah. Officer Dexter did say several times that he understood or felt sorry for the Packs. Just to be friendly. I just know. to say something. It doesn't say. Officer Dexter also told James Pack that he could not physically threaten or threaten to shoot his tenants. That such threats were a criminal offense and that he could be issued a criminal summons if he threatened his tenants again. Pack expressed to Dexter frustration about all of this information. He asked why Derek could threaten him, but he couldn't threaten Derek. Officer Dexter responded by saying that Derek was just being rude. He then stated that he understood how Derek's actions would upset James and that Derek was being disrespectful to Pack. Later in the conversation, Pack accused Derek of calling him names and said, now I just don't. I don't have any rights. In this response, Officer Dexter again told James that he understood his frustration and apologized to Armit Pack for not having more responses for them. During the conversation, Pack repeatedly expressed frustration to Officer Dexter that he felt like he had no rights and his tenants had all the rights. The recordings show that Pack was angry throughout the conversation and in the last three minutes raised his voice increasingly often and was screaming or yelling. Pack twice told Officer Dexter that he had nothing to lose. He yelled that he would be a big name tomorrow. Oh, red flag. And said 
you're going to see me in the newspaper. To the officer Dexter. Yeah. He said all of those things. I would be calling my partner back. Like, come on. I need you now. Yeah. James Pack started describing what he was going to do to get a big name in the newspaper tomorrow, but stopped. After Officer Dexter heard him say to Armit Pack, I'm not going to tell you in front of the officer. Pack screamed at the officer that the least he could do was tell the plaintiffs not to park a third car in the driveway. At one of Pack's angriest moments, seconds after James yelled that he was going to be a big name tomorrow, he screamed that Officer Dexter did not understand the situation. And he said, Officer Dexter then said, okay, I'm going to go now. What? Did the officer get in trouble for this? Just I'm wait. jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. You are jumping ahead. Sorry. Officer Dexter then told Pack to keep his distance, and Pack replied that Officer Dexter didn't have to worry about that. Oh, my God. The last thing Pack said as Officer Dexter left the house was, it's going to be a bloody mess. <gasps> and he still left? Yeah. Knowing that Pack told Derek he had a gun and would shoot him, Officer Dexter nonetheless chose not to ask Pack whether he actually had any firearms or ammunition. He also didn't search Pack for weapons. Officer Dexter also chose not to ask James whether he had consumed any alcohol or conducted a field sobriety test. Why is he an officer? Yeah, this is all. That's how I'm feeling right now. This is I'm all not in the question. I know. I was highly angry and yelling at the TV as well. The officers who arrested Pack smelled the odor of intoxicants on him. So this is me jumping around. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there's something that happens in between. Right. So when James was arrested, he had a blood alcohol level of 0.15, which is roughly twice the legal limit. So after Pack's arrest, Armit Pack reported that Pack had been drinking beer all day. Officer Dexter said he was with he was never within six feet of Pack and did not smell the alcohol. Officer Dexter then went back to speak to the plaintiffs before James was arrested. So now we're jumping back again. Um, I'm not giving you a timeline because it's all, it's just it'll come together. It'll come together. So he went back to speak to Sue and Derek. And told them that James was very upset and just avoid him for the rest of the evening. Officer Dexter then chose to leave. He did not mention to the plaintiffs the additional threats that James had made. He didn't say a word about them. And he cleared the scene at 6.51 p.m. I'm going to just put in here quick that um, Sue had said that they were taking down decorations from Christmas. Mind mm-hmm. you, it's the 29th of Christmas. They're taking down, like, Christmas tree stuff and things like that. Immediately on Officer Dexter's leaving, James Pack grabbed his Smith & Weston .357 revolver and entered the plaintiff's apartment. No, he did not. He shot twice. He injured Sue. Then he shot once more, killing Derek, and shot twice more and killed Olivia. I'm sorry. Um, I've got really bad chills. This fires me up. He did say something. Um, Sue recalled him saying something about, I won't harm your little boy. 
I'm so sorry. At 6.55 p.m., Sue called 911 to report what had just happened. And Amanda, I don't know if you caught those times. She called to report that people had been shot at 6.55 p.m. The officer left, left them all alive four minutes earlier. I don't even know if he was barely out of the driveway yet. So according to Sue, she was surprised to find that her cell phone was actually still in her hand after she got shot. The transcript from the 911 call kind of goes as follows. Sue says, we've all been shot. Please hurry. The dispatcher says, somebody should have been shot? Sue says, yes, three people. My neighbor just came in and shot us. Please hurry. Derek Thompson, 19 years old, and Olivia Welch, 18, were dead in the living room. Sue screamed to her six-year-old son to hide. Police later found him in a closet unharmed. Armit Pack also called 911, saying her husband was walking around with a gun and threatening to shoot himself. And in the background, James could be heard by dispatchers saying, I'm dead anyway, I'm going to die. James Pack was arrested in the driveway at 10 p.m. 10 p.m.? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell. That was probably super loud. But what the hell happened from 6.55 till 10 p.m. that it took him that long to arrest him? I don't know. But remind you, it was a snowstorm, so maybe it had anything to do with that. I don't know. Initially, James Pack pled not guilty. He later changed his plea. The judge sentenced James to life in prison for each murder charge, as well as 30 years for attempted murder in the shooting of Sue. Later, Sue and Olivia's mother filed a lawsuit against the police officers. I would, too. Again, I'm going to read from the document. And it says, The plaintiffs filed complaints against the city of Biddeford, the Biddeford Police Department, the Maine Department of Public Safety, and officers Dexter and Walter Beek alleging inter alia. I don't know what that means. But really, the officers had violated their substantive due process rights under the state-created danger doctrine. Essentially, she, they're suing because they didn't do their job. Absolutely, they did not. Um, I don't know about Walter Beek or Beck. Um, the other officer told him to leave. Should he have stayed? Yeah, probably. Is one superior to the other? I don't know how that works. Um, I feel like two people should always probably be present. Yeah. Um, buddy system. Uh, I don't know how it works, though. I don't know. I don't know. So is he in the wrong here? I don't know. He maybe shouldn't have left, but um, he, was told, saying, yeah. he was told to leave. So I don't know. Um, the plaintiffs also brought Manel claims against the Biddeford Police Chief, Roger Bupri. And the city of Biddeford and claims under the Maine Civil Rights Act against the officers. Essentially, this means that the women were suing the police department to the fact that the police were told by James Pack that he was going to shoot the trio. He said that. It's going to be a bloody mess. You're going to see my name in the papers. However, the police were not diligent in asking about whether he had weapons or telling the tenants about the danger. He really could have just gone back and said, listen, it's not safe for you guys to stay here tonight. Can you go somewhere else? Yeah. He just said, hey, don't rile him up. Dude, he's already riled. 
That's why you're here. I know. Granted, maybe they didn't have anywhere else to go. But at that point, like, what could an officer do? Take him into custody. Take him into custody. They should have probably taken him into yes. custody and said, you need to calm down. Yes. Or taken his firearms. They Well, he didn't even know they had firearms. Maybe they didn't even ask. that. Yeah. In the end, however, the judge did not find the police to be incompetent. Wow. <laughs> Explain that to me. I can't. I can't. I can't. James is currently in jail. Um, he will die there. Um, but I wanted to end this not talking about James. Or the police. I've got I've got chills. Not even the police. Derek does not seem to have a find a grave. You know how much I like those. That makes me angry. I did find his obituary, though. Now, m- mind you, find a grave is just normal people who go out taking pictures Maybe of people's graves. Maybe somebody just not get to him yet. Maybe somebody just hasn't got there yet or whatever the case may be. Um, but I did find his obituary that stated he would be later buried in St. Mary's Cemetery in Biddeford. Olivia Welch does have a find a grave. They put her nickname on it, Peanut, which just tore me apart for some reason. Um, and it states that she's buried in the St. Joseph Cemetery in Biddeford. And, uh, that's all for James Pack. That's where we're going to wrap it up because there's nothing else to say. This I'm so angry at law enforcement. That's, you know, this is why I decided to cover this one. As you can see, it closely relates to the stuff that I have going on driveway-wise. You know what I mean? Um, just neighbors, like, Take out the fact that he's the landlord. Just neighbors. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but Or just take out the fact that they're neighbors. This is the landlord. I really, really, really would have liked to see a copy of this lease yeah. to see exactly what it states. Yeah, me too. Because if it stated just two cars and he's getting mad on days that there's literally just two cars, it's just not the two cars he wants. But I also feel like the day in question... When there's a no parking ban because of the snowstorm and it's not, maybe it wasn't safe for her to drive home. So what was she supposed to do? Risk her life driving home just because he didn't want a car in the driveway? Yeah. I I feel like that's just a little ridiculous. And I think he. Oh, it's, it's all ridiculous. I think, I think that he was just, again, James's way or the highway. And he made it clear to be that. And he went to all of the links he possibly could. And I I think Armit Pack said it best when she said that he just has too much time on his hands. Get that man a hobby. Yes. Get him something, some yes. sort of hobby. Get him part-time job or something. Because oh if he's just staying home and stewing on things that leave your tenants alone. So now I will say this. Remember when, before Sue and Derek and Brayden moved in, they said that the other tenants were moving out, and she said it was uncomfortable? Yeah. Because there was some sort of tension. In the reenactment, it seemed as though the other tenants and James Pack were staring each other down. Um, probably a little indicator that things yeah. did not end well. But that could have been anything. I don't know how, personally, I would have taken it. Do you know what I mean? 
I don't know my landlord right now. She didn't know James crazy. You know, she didn't know that he was nuts. Those people moving out, you couldn't have been like, slip me a little note here saying, you don't know what you're getting into here. Right? I mean, there's... A, <laughs> but nobody knows anything. Or maybe they he they got evicted. So maybe they were pissed at him because they got evicted. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But, we never know. Ah, that was an indicator. Oh, my God. That was an indicator. And so now you can see why I chose this case. Yeah. Um, highly pissed off by it. Yeah. Two young people lost their lives. I've got pictures of them. They will go up. Um, do we have pictures of Officer Dexter? Uh, no, no, we, uh, no, Put we don't. Center of my dartboard. <laughs> I don't have. It's you don't have a dartboard. No. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. Listen. <laughs> You know my um, stance on uh, police authority. I highly love them. I do. You used to want to be one. I I did want to be one, and somebody ruined that for me. Yeah. Um, I was studying to be one. Um, We had local officers who died in the line of fire. And um, after the one, ironically... uh, I did not live where I live now, but now I live in the town where it happened. Yeah. That police department is my police department now. Um, I was studying to be a police officer. I honestly, when James listens to this, I don't even know if he knows that. Oh, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a police officer. Um, but with my issues with my ex... I have had so many issues because he and his family have their hands in so many pockets that um, while I salute the officers, I cry when officers die. I cry when they're just, you know, saluting each other or walking by in a parade. I'm crying. I love them. I love that they do their job. And there's tons of police officers out there who are great police officers. However, any of them that was on any of my cases really failed you. Yeah. And I can say that, people, not just because she's my friend. I was there. I was present for it more than once, more than twice, more than three times. Yeah. You were there for a lot of it. Um and the sad part is, is most of the time we had video recordings. Oh, yeah. Didn't matter. Video recordings and audio recordings and none of it mattered. None of it, it was mattered. still a he said, she said, which I'm not sure how that's possible when we have recordings. I can show you the proof. How is it he's... I never said my side of the story because I always had a recording and yep. he still just got away with it because yep. um, hands in pockets and power of my daddy and... Mm-hmm. Um, so I was angry about this case. Rightfully so. Angry. Yep. And I know darn well you're going to go watch this. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because you are fired up. Yeah. Um, it, we both have to be to work in the morning for back to oh, school yeah, meetings. But mind you, this is only like a 45 minute show. Oh, And okay. it's just That's one episode. Yeah. Um, so I will be posting the link to it. Um. And oh, yeah, the groovy. couple of links okay. that I... Yeah. Sorry. It's totally it's fetch. fetch. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, it, this was a rough one. Yeah. This... Um, a rough one for me, and I think 
even thinking about you have some neighbor issues. I have some neighbor issues. We what? all good fences make good neighbors. That's what my husband says. <laughs> Not for fear of thy neighbor. Fences don't do shit. <laughs> okay. They can still get to you. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, it's it's terrifying and I hope that neither you or I ever have to go through something this nuts. Oh my god. I, but if it's gonna be anybody, it's probably gonna be me. Yeah. Oh hundred uh, percent it's gonna be you. I'm surprised we have not had an issue to the extent yet of this. We have not had police involvement with my neighbor yet. Um, that could be a thing. But instead, I just write stories. And yeah. in the upcoming book, there's actually two stories about her. Because she was coming into my apartment without me knowing. When she was not home. Right. When I'm not home, she was getting into my apartment and uh, doing God knows what, because nothing was moved. Nothing was taken. What if she has a hidden camera somewhere and she watches you? Well, I don't know. I thoroughly checked everywhere. I even took apart my smoke detectors to look for pinpoint things. But I, so I don't think that's the case, but I think. She's not smart enough to do that anyway. I don't think so. She can't even figure out the paint mixing thing at Lowe's. So, I mean. I mean, I'm pretty sure and she works there. Go. It's her job. Press go. I don't know. I, I don't know how it works either, but it can't be that difficult. It can't be that difficult. It cannot be that difficult. But Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Come back next time. We were, we're going to have another case. I know this one went a little over an hour. You know, too bad. Yeah. Too oh, bad. Well. So sad. I don't think we're ever going to have something less than an hour or right at the dot of an hour other than being parters. Next week's case is going to go a little over an hour, too. So Buckle your seatbelts and Ooh, get put, ready. Put on your panties and I don't know. More. Oh, okay. Assuming you wear panties, maybe you don't wear panties. I don't know. Maybe you go commando. commando. I can't do that. I don't know. But have a great day, evening, night, morning, lunch. I don't know. Have a great time, guys. We'll be back here next week. Bye. That's a great story. <laughs> See you next episode.